There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is the U105 phone, and here's a worrying statistic. I'll get to your text, your emails, and your calls very, very shortly, but this is a worrying figure that 400 places of worship, indeed, uh, let me put it another way, places of worship in Northern Ireland have been attacked more than 400 times in the past three years. Doesn't necessarily mean it's 400 different venues. I want to speak to Mark Bailey, who's from Care NI. Mark, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Uh, Mark, just you, you did the research on this. Uh, Care NI, just put us in the picture as to who you represent, the Christian Action Research and Education uh, Group. Uh, what, what, what's your motivation? Yeah, so we're a, a Christian advocacy charity who are seeking to make uh, a Christian difference uh, in Northern Ireland uh, for the common goods in this society. And the reason that we uh, looked into this was because uh, a few months ago I had noticed that in England and Wales uh, there is a scheme to support places of worship um, who have been victims of hate crime or potentially maybe victims of hate crime. And I wanted to see if there was any evidence of, um, of, a, of, any, of concern in terms of the number of attacks in Northern Ireland. So I put in a, a freedom of information request to the PSNI. And I was, I, was, I was very surprised by what came back. I, I never thought that the number over the last three years would be 445 uh, recorded attacks on places of worship in, in Northern Ireland. That's almost one every other day. And is it primarily motivated in Northern Ireland by, and I use the term Christian very, very loosely here, and in big, bold, inverted commas, is it sure. one Christian group attacking another Christian group. Is, is that the, the main thrust of the target in Northern Ireland? Um, honestly, Frank, I'm not, I, I, can't, I can only speculate on what the motivations are be, behind the attacks uh, on places of worship. The first thing to say is the number would include uh, it, it's all places of worship. So while it's, it's because the, the vast majority of places of worship in Northern Ireland are uh, Christian churches of various denominations, it's likely that most of the attacks have been recorded against Christian churches, but it's known that, the, um, that Islamic centres have faced uh, attacks uh, and the, uh, the Belfast Synagogue uh, has as well. Uh, in terms of people's motivations for engaging in these, in these attacks, uh, it is possible that in certain cases there may be a sectarian motivation involved. Uh, on other, in other cases, it may just be that particular individuals um, hold an animus towards uh, members of a particular faith. I want to attack where they congregate. Um, or potentially it could just be crimes of, um, of opportunity where they've noticed that a church or a, pl- a place of worship has poor security and they go in and um, seek to 
uh, see what they can get. Uh, I mean, again, as I say, I don't have data on the motivations behind why people are doing this, but what we do know is that there's a significant problem when you have 445 places of worship being attacked over three years. It's very sad to think that people will target where people worship. It is happening, and you've given great examples of it right around Northern Ireland. And you also talk about security. Like, when when I was young, you could have walked into the local churches of whichever uh, denomination they happened to to be in in the area that I grew up. The door was always open. There was a... There mightn't have been a light on in the hall, but there was a welcome, certainly, uh, there for everyone to, to spend and a quiet moment of reflection. Uh, more and more churches now are locked when you go to the door. That's, that's a sad reflection on society, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. Um, I mean, for Christians, and I know, I'm sure, for, for those of other faiths, um, hospitality is, a, is an important um, uh, value and that we want people to um, come and have that space for reflection, as you said. And in many churches are, their doors are open. It depends on where you go. Obviously, if you're attacked or if someone comes into your church and steals something from you, um, you're going to be more wary. But certainly, I would know from a, a Christian perspective, we want to be open to, um, to everyone. Uh, to come in and uh, encounter um, Jesus Christ in, in this society. Um, I, I, uh, I would say that what this offends against, Frank, is particularly the, the fundamental right that every citizen of this society has to um, seek to um, worship freely and to live out their faith freely in this society. It is the case that an attack on a place of worship is an attack on those who um, worship there, on the faith community that uses um, those buildings. And again, what we are calling for, uh, which um, is for the implementation of the um, the same scheme that's in operation in England and Wales, which is called the Places of Worship Security Scheme, which basically what that does is it allows um, places of worship to apply to the Home Office if they believe um, that they are potentially at threat from hate crime, or if um, if they think uh, that, that or they have been victims of hate crime, and they, basically that will allow them to obtain money to improve the security in their churches. Ideally, as you say, I agree, you would the churches would be open and other places of worship would be open, but unfortunately that's not necessarily the society we're living in today. Do you think they will get a positive reaction if the people from the Islamic Centre uh, here in Belfast or across in Newton Arch where there were examples as well, the synagogue mm-hmm. you made reference to, the, the churches that are dotted all over uh, Northern Ireland that have been attacked, the graveyards as well. Very recently, mm-hmm. of course, we had the attack in the city cemetery uh, on, the, on the headstones. Will they get a positive reaction if they begin to apply for money or will they not more or less be told chances of you being able to make that isolated building or that graveyard more secure are well are few and far between really yeah i I mean again uh, obviously we'd have to look at the details of how the scheme would work and in some cases it's evident that improved security is possible and in other cases that'll prove uh, more difficult but what what i would say is is that you know this is a The reason why at the moment we can't have this scheme is, once again, um, we don't have 
the Northern Ireland executive in place. So even if the Department of Justice and the Department of Communities were convinced this was, a, this was the right move to make, and we will be arguing that they should, there is no executive in place to make that decision. Um, I mean, what we're going to do in, in the coming days is write to all the party leaders in, um, in Northern Ireland. We would hope there would be a widespread consensus that this is a, a significant issue and that churches should be able, and churches and all places of worship, should be able to apply um, to, this, to, to this scheme. We think it should um, be introduced here. Um, and it, w- it would make a difference, but as you say, Frank, you're absolutely right. This this grant, these grants, this won't this won't solve the problem entirely. We we just we need to be aware that some people do have an animus towards those who hold um, faith or people of faith in this society, and certainly uh, we need to be conscious of that and trying to to um, take measures at a cultural level to um, reduce those attacks in the society. Do you, do you believe finally that it's really an attack on the church or the beliefs of the people who would be attending the place of worship, the, the mosque, the synagogue or, or wherever? Do you think it's an attack on those people because of what they think, what they believe, what they subscribe to? Or are they simply just vandals who see buildings that are vulnerable and worthy of attack because they have twisted minds that are fueled by hatred of what other people have? I think, it, I think as a, I mean, we don't know the motivations of individuals who've engaged in these crimes. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of the time, people who do these things are not caught. What I would say is that it is evident in some cases that, yes, there is a clear um, motivation that is based on, a, on what, what appears to be a hatred of, um, that, of a particular faith. So, I mean, you may remember um, back in 2017, in September 2017, uh, Christchurch in, in Derry, Londonderry, was, was, was vandalised, where we had individuals break in. They broke glass windows in the church that dated back to the 1800s, and they defecated and urinated on the premises, and then destroyed the organ. I think that's pretty evident in that situation, that that is not just vandals having some fun. That's an attack on you know, that particular faith community. Uh, I mean, again, they, there's been some other major incidents. Um, and for example, St. Field Road Presbyterian back in 2016 had a, had a double arson on their church premises, which certainly appeared to be motivated by, um, by an animus towards that particular church because it was targeted twice uh, within a, a very short period of time. But again, in other cases, you're absolutely right. It may just be young people out trying to, to have some fun. Um, but whatever the motivation is, um, it's a fundamental right of every citizen in this society to worship um, freely and to be able to congregate together in their own buildings. And in our view, um, the Northern Ireland Executive and the statutory agencies in this society should help facilitate that right and protect that right uh, going forward. Okay, Mark Bailey, uh, thank you very much indeed. Going through a, a number of examples there, and you mentioned the, the mosques uh, as well in our, our conversation, but the, the leaving of pigs' heads, as we've had in, I think, Newton Ards was an example in recent times outside a place of worship. That's direct hatred aimed towards people who have a, a different faith than those people who would be carrying out the atrocious act would have and very possibly those who are carrying out the atrocious, atrocious act have no faith at all. What can the politicians do and do they take it seriously? Let me speak to one who's prepared to speak to us on our invitation, Robbie Butler of the Ulster Unionist. Uh, Robbie Butler, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Uh, going by Mark Bailey, in the ideal world, the politicians would be at Stormont and the, it'd be one of the issues they'd be sorting out. But uh, if I had a pound for everyone that said that on this programme, I'd be a very rich man in, in, indeed. 
are they are they concerned about attacks on places of worship, or is it something that's really just in the news today because Mark has done some research? No, I, I think Care uh, uh, and Mark are, are, are quite right to bring this uh, to our attention. And, uh, thank you for your feeling Robbie, I'm going to interrupt you there for a second. If you could just give your phone a bit of a shake. We seem to have a very poor line there. Uh, I'll, I'll just uh, see if it's working uh, and we could come back to you if it isn't better. Go ahead. Is that, is that better now, Frank? Okay, okay, fire away, fire away. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so over a number of years through previous employment in the fire service, I attended many incidents. Um, of vandalism and fire in churches and, and actually when I became a politician one of my first um, uh, uh, things to attend was uh, a graffiti at a Roman Catholic church in Glenavy in Lisbon and it was really really disappointing to be going to something like that and to see that level of hatred directed towards one side of the community and you raised a good point earlier how much of this perhaps is sectarian how much of it is directed towards someone else's religion or how much of it is just vandalism and what do you think do you, do, do you get a sense that there's significant hatred in those who direct it towards say the, the Jewish community or the Islamic faith but if it's a church that happens to be in Belfast where the windows are broken uh, or the organ is vandalised is, is that simply pathetic useless people who are vandals or is there is there sectarian hatred in all of the attacks? So I'll just let you I'll let you answer that again, Robbie, because the, the phone is playing up. I'll just take this as your final final reply. Sorry, there's no doubt that all faiths all faiths suffer some level of sectarian or bigoted vandalism or hatred directed towards them, and it's a sad indictment of where we are today in 2019 in Northern Ireland. It is a terrible indictment. There is no question about it. I, for whatever reason, people would be attacking a place of worship. It is shameful. Uh, if you're just joining us, good morning. This is the U105 phone-in. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.